Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I am joined by the Renaissance woman. Hi, on. How are you doing today? Good. It's like getting close. It is. It is. Well, as you kind of alluded to, you have a lot of stuff coming up, but primarily we are here to talk about something very exciting coming up this weekend on May 13th, which is an all-women's show entitled Queen of the Indies in collaboration with West Coast Pro and Pro Wrestling Revolution. Of course, a big part of that show is the Queen of the Indies tournament, pitting eight of the Indies' best performers against each other, including yourself. You will start off the tournament against the Russian Dynamite Masha Slamovich in the opening round, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is only your second singles match against each other. Yeah, that's correct. Like, the first time we wrestled, it was right when she came back from Marvelous. Yeah. And it was still, like, pandemic time since then. We've both definitely evolved as people, characters, and in-ring work. So I'm really excited to see the kind of magic we can create yeah i think it's kind of fitting yeah it was february of 2021 she had just came back at like the end of january i think back to the states from marvelous obviously a lot of marvelous reps will be here at queen of the indies we'll get to that in a second but as you said you two have grown a lot since then in just over the two years since she's now signed to impact you've been literally everywhere my friend so what are your thoughts heading into this match and what do you think fans can expect from you two I think I'm kind of going into this situation as the underdog right because she is the west coast women's champion um and you know I'm aware of what her resume is she's a very strong competitor she hits really hard so I'm bringing my a game I'm studying my opponent and I'm looking to have probably the biggest upset of the entire tournament it's crazy to hear i get where you're coming from you know obviously she's an impact gcw world champion west coast it's crazy to think that you are an underdog because you are you've established yourself i think honestly the top of there is without like the top of the indies i would think of non-signed talent you were at the very very top so it's kind of crazy to think that you kind of are the underdog because you've just been uh so affluent in everything so i'm super excited for this but obviously you are no stranger to tournaments last year you conquered the sherry martel classic which i spoke to you about and you rightfully were awarded your crown but i feel like the stakes are raised even higher for the queen of the indies because it's a big title to have the queen of the entire indies so what would this mean to you to win this tournament now i think it will validate what i already feel about myself i have a lot of confidence in myself and i believe in my, myself a lot almost to a delusional standpoint <laughs> but i feel like it would validate all those feelings that i have for myself and how my peers and my friends see me. And not that like what other people think matters, but it's always nice to have that recognition of, you know, you are at the top of your game and it's the queen of the Indies and it's not a um, American focused tournament. Like yeah. there are other competitors from different countries. So winning that tournament speaks more because of the level of talent and where the talent comes from. It, it's, it's incredible. 
I know it's it's all encompassing, but kind of focusing on focusing in on something you just said, you know, you you have this confidence, you can see it in your work, but it's not always easy to get there. And actually today, at the time of recording this, is your nine year mark yeah. since entering row in the beginning of your wrestling journey. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but talking about the confidence aspect, you know, starting out. Things come with age and with time and stuff, but how do you think that you have reached this confidence or what kind of, to what do you attribute that you've now found this confidence? How do you think you found it? Um, for the longest time, I literally just had to fake it. Um, I would watch my matches back, especially when I first started, you know, having matches, getting out there. I would look at myself and I would compare myself to others. And I was like, why do they look so much cooler than me? You know? And it's just because they carried themselves with this, like, air of confidence that I just didn't have at the time. And I'm a naturally, like, introverted person. So being very, like, showy, which is pro wrestling, right, yeah. um, didn't come very naturally to me. So I literally would fake it, especially in situations where I was like, this could go really, I don't know what's going to happen in the ring. Like, I don't know what's going on. That was, Especially in those situations, yeah. the confidence would be so high. We're portraying it. But really, it was not there. And almost like faking it till you make it, it became um, like ingrained and natural because like, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can fake this feeling even if I don't really have it. And then eventually you have the feeling and then you're put in situations where you're like, whoa, can I keep up with this person? Can I, can I have the match that I want to have? Is it what I have in here? is can I execute it? And then yeah. when you go and do it, it just brings that confidence a level up even more. And that's kind of how it's just kind of built. It was definitely a skill that had to be learned. It wasn't natural. Oh, yeah. to me. oh I get that. You had to fake it, but now you've made it. You know, yeah. I, you know, I, that's something I've heard and I try to do as well. You know, sometimes I'm curious, has there been a certain situation where you were like maybe fearful or anxious that you recall like faking it until you made it or that got, but it, because you faked that confidence that got you through it. And then ultimately at the end, you're like, oh, I actually feel okay out of this. Yeah. There's really like, there's this one okay. particular match that stands out in my mind. So it was ladies night out and it was being, it was in Houston, Texas. And I was wrestling Mercedes Martinez oh, for the yeah. very first time. And I had, I've done seminars with her. I, you know, I've known her from Rise. I've known her from Shimmer, like super OG vet, super incredibly talented. And I was so nervous for this match. Like to the point that I was like, I didn't eat the day. I didn't eat the whole day. Cause I was scared I was going to throw up from, like the anxiety of it all and I was like texting my friends I was like I don't know if I can do it I don't know if I can do it I, can do it. I don't know if I can do it like no you got it you're fine you're fine, you're fine so we're talking about the match and really we hadn't really discussed a whole lot of ideas or anything like that and Mercedes not is not the kind of person to plan out an entire match and she's she, like that's just not her style and I really had to go in with a lot of like ambiguity going. I don't know what's going to happen. <clears throat> and I thought that we had more time before the match. And then all of a sudden I hear her music playing. Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> like when I tell you, like my stomach absolutely dropped. I thought mm -hmm. I was going to die. I was like, oh, I'm going to shit the bed, dude. She's going to, 
she's going to be like, oh, this is Hyun. Wow. Like, you have her on Shimmer? Wow. Like, <laughs> I was like, every worst case scenario is going through my head. And the music plays and she just looks back at me and like smiles and she goes, well, I guess I'll just see you out there, huh? <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I go out there. I remember like my entrance. I was like, I just need to like take my time. And if, if I look like I know what I'm doing, then everyone will also think that I know what I'm doing, but I have no clue. And we go through the match and Mercedes again, couldn't sing her praise anymore. She's awesome. We get through the match and it went really, really well. Like to the point that like when the match was over, I started crying because I was so happy with it. And I didn't think I could pull it off and I pulled it off. And I remember I get to the back and, you know, she's giving me my critiques and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. and she goes, yeah, um, I knew when our match was, by the way, I just kind of wanted to see how you would react. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> but she like gave me a hug and she's like come here you cry baby she's like you did a really good job and that made me cry even more obviously but I was just so happy that I got that experience and being able to like keep up with her I was like oh yeah I can do this I can do this you know oh yeah you can high on you're kind of the veteran now in, in a lot of instances now almost nine years under your belt since your debut it's crazy to think about it's almost a decade but you mentioned Shimmer, and that's really relevant because another part of this uh, Queen of the Indies is Nicole Savoy is officially coming out of retirement to compete in a six-woman tag team match. Nicole is obviously a huge part of the Shimmer family, a former Shimmer champion. You've gotten to share a locker room with her a few times. And I know you've wrestled her once before, I believe. So I'm curious to know if you have any memorable encounters you've had with Nicole, or if not, can you kind of uh, give some thoughts on her work in general? I'm excited for her her comeback I guess I'm excited I was like when I saw the the flyer I was like wait a minute I thought you retired yeah <laughs> I actually I actually saw her um maybe like a month to a few weeks after she had retired yeah and we were in California and I was talking to her and I was like are you gonna miss it like what's going on and she's just like yeah I think I'll miss it but I think I, I think I'm done I think I'm done so when I saw the tweet I was like so surprised and I was like dang I really hope I get to wrestle her because <laughs> we've never had a singles like no. the, I think the only time we ever interacted was in a tag and yeah she when I first started at Shimmer like she was always super inviting always created such a great locker room environment and I really can't say enough good things about her like she was the very first like heart of Shimmer champion then to become a shimmer champion and just everything that she's done she's been to japan a million times and the uk and the girls that are in the women that are in that tag match like you guys are so lucky not just because of nicole but the whole yeah. the whole that whole yeah. match is insane but you guys get to get in the ring with nicole savoy and that's really cool yeah, and, and like you said, this Queen of the Indies event isn't just the U.S. You know, it's encompassing Mexico, Japan. You know, we have representatives from Marvelous. So kind of besides outside of your own match against Masha, is there any performer or matchup on the card you're most looking forward to seeing or possible matchup, I should say, to, to seeing and why? Chigusa Nagayo, because I haven't yeah. seen her since I was in Marvelous. And four years ago, crazy. Yeah. And she's like, she's such a like motherly figure, but she's also she, like, you would think because she's like this super OG, like mm -hmm. legend, like 
hard, like top tier, not just wrestler, not just women's wrestler, but wrestler period. Like you think she'd be kind of like old and stiff and like super serious. <laughs> yeah. But she's really not like, she's really funny. Um, <laughs> I remember like one of the very first conversations I've had with her. She like turned, we were in the car and she turns back at me. She's like, you speak Spanish, right? And she's like, I was like, yeah. And she just looks at me. She goes, chinga su madre. <laughs> and I died laughing, which means like in Spanish. Yeah, okay. And I thought, I was like, okay, like you're super cool. Mm-hmm. And um, she was at West Coast, I, I believe a couple months ago as well. And Brian Keith was there. And um, he's like a huge, like all Japan fan, like all Japan women fan. And I messaged him and I was like, dude, like, make sure you get a picture with Chibusa Nagai. Like tell her I said, hi. And he messaged me back with the photo and he goes, she says hi to her, uh, to her daughter. And I was like, oh, cause that's what she would always call us. She's like, you guys are my daughters. So I'm so excited for that reunion. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I believe she's leading a seminar two days before uh, Queen of the Indies. And then West Coast Pro will be also holding marvelous tryouts ahead of the event. One man and one woman will then receive an opportunity to be a part of a marvelous tour in Japan. Like you alluded to, you previously spent three months at the Marvelous Dojo in 2019, which you recently said was such a fulfilling experience and helped you grow a lo- grow your love for wrestling. So can you tell me uh, more about some of the things you learned there and how exactly it helped grow your love for wrestling? Yeah, like the, the training is intense. Like we had training twice a day, every day, except on show days and I believe the day after show days. But other than that, we were in the dojo training and the, the sessions were about, I think maybe like two hours each. So four mm-hmm. hours training a day. And when I would see like the amount of work that the new faces would put into honing their craft and just trying to get it down. And that's where I met Mio. And at the time she had like a torn ACL. It was like, it was already surgically repaired, but she was like in the process of recovering. This woman is crazy because I would see her still like in the ring, like doing rolls and nipping up just like on one leg. And I was like, I, I remember being like, Mio, shouldn't you be like resting? Like, <laughs> and no. She's, she's like, no, I can't. I can't. Cause she's like, I can't stay away. Like, yeah. even if I wanted to, I can't. Um, and seeing that kind of commitment to it, like, really makes you go, yeah, I guess there really is no excuse to give it my all when this girl's out here doing roles on one leg, <laughs> you know? Maybe not the smartest, but no excuse. Yeah, and I I feel like, you know, Japan is just a whole different breed. Like, I just feel like they're just tougher than than every other country, especially in wrestling. You know, they're more uh, hard-hitting, it seems like, and Strong Style is obviously huge in Japan as well. But like we were saying before, this will feature a great variety of independent talent from all across the world. But, you know, of course... The indie circuit is all across the board, Europe, you know, uh, Canada, Mexico, all of the continents with the exclusion of Antarctica, really. Um, So for you, if you could include uh, maybe one or two more competitors who you think would fit into the queen of the indies, who would you like to see compete for the crown or who do you think embodies a possible queen of the indies? Um, I think you're already going to know, like, my first answer, Giselle. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's Giselle, like, Canadian queen, been to the UK, former Progress, Rev Pro, Women's Champion. 
and now an impact like she is like I want to, like I know she's an impact and she's such a star there but I would love to see her really just take over like the American independent scene because she's done it in Canada she's done it in the UK I mean Ma- Masha's doing that so like Giselle we, she needs to get on that <laughs> I, I, I need to make some calls and be like we got to get Giselle <laughs> I, I just think she's so great and I know she's so talented I know. I I was expecting you to say Rachel as well because you two. That would have been to see if this rivalry was ignited again. I think. Well, how many times do you think you've wrestled Rachel at this point? More than ten for sure. Yeah, more than <laughs> ten for sure. Like so many times. Yeah, so many times. I'd have to go <laughs> double check cage badge, but even them, I'm sure there's a couple more that they haven't included because you know, it's mm-hmm. sometimes hard to get the records. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you two are just chemistry and obviously Giselle, you know, I wish that I don't believe there's any UK representation in this tournament. Um, but you know, maybe next year at West Coast Pro, but we were talking about some of the growth that you've made before you've evolved a lot as a performer. And like we said, today is nine years since you walked into reality of wrestling to start your wrestling journey. So reflecting back on your time in wrestling so far, confidence is obviously a huge part of it, but how do you think that you've grown as a person and as a competitor during that time? I feel like as a person, I've kind of learned to like, not compare myself to others, especially because there's so many different paths in wrestling. And it can take you like your path can literally take you anywhere. And no one's path is the same. And, you know, doing what makes you happy in wrestling, like, if I, if those are the things that I've kind of wish I knew early on, cause it would have saved me a lot of heartache um, and running in circles. Like you don't have to put yourself in a box. Like you can be who you ever, whoever you want to be in a wrestling ring. And you know, all the, like, as long as you put in the work, the success will come no matter what. And, and that's in all parts of life, not just wrestling, but, yeah. but in, with wrestling, it's just putting in the work being happy with what you're doing and you know not comparing yourself to others I feel like that's the key to success <laughs> or to be happy not to get kind of uh philosophical but are you happy with the way that you're doing right now yeah to like I was even telling my husband I was like I feel like slightly overwhelmed with um just kind of like the success that I've kind of had recently just because I'm almost don't know how to take it I'm like okay that, that was cool and I'm like all right like I'm more maybe not like a I don't really like the spotlight on me type of person um the renaissance so, woman does though she does I'm telling you it's a completely different <laughs> I believe you but uh like getting that spotlight and that recognition or just people just being like oh my god I really want to wrestle you or just things like that like it really warms my heart <laughs> you are so like like when I was saying at the beginning, I feel like you, you're literally everywhere. Like not a lot of people have that, like dips their toes in like everywhere, Japan, you know, AW impact. Um, I believe you've had a match with WWE before, like girl, you like, you are literally, you've been to the UK, you know, have you been to Australia? I'm curious. I want to, okay. I was actually talking to like 
Steph Delander and Kyle Fletcher. I was like, I really want to go to Australia. They're like, you probably could. We need to get you to Australia. I feel like that's one of the few places you haven't kind of dipped your toe in yet. So yeah, and I'm going to, to Germany in September. Is it WXW? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be For the Femme Fatales tournament. Yes. I'm just a queen. <laughs> exactly. The European tour is back. I'm assuming it's a tour. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there for six weeks, so it'll be a good time. That'll be exciting for you. But yeah, like we said, you've had such an amazing journey, but kind of on the opposite end of that, you know, you alluded to it earlier, you know, it's been a journey to get to a lot of these places and where you're at now. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced so far outside of confidence, of course, we like we talked about? Mm-hmm. I would say just maintaining that like positive mindset because sometimes Twitter you know Twitter's part of the it's part of the game you know you have to promote yourself you have to kind of be in touch with what's going on where the top wrestlers doing what are the top companies doing and just that toxic that toxicity that can come with that it can really bring you down. And I'm not the kind of person, like, I, I feel like those things typically don't affect me as much as maybe someone else. Like, I, I can see a negative comment about myself and I go, oh, okay, keep going. Um, but it does build up and keeping that, like, positive mindset is very difficult. And sometimes, and then even, like, your matches don't always go as planned, right? And Booker used to say, like, okay, if you have a bad match, let it go. Let it go. Like, don't, don't hold on to it. He's like, cause if you hold on to it, it's going to follow you to your next match and then follow you to your next yeah. match. You won't get better. And that's a big one that I had to learn. It's just, just let it go. Just move yeah. on. Not, du- not dwelling on stuff is really hard just in life in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, and that positive mindset is super, I feel like wrestling is a lot more mental than it is physical. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's so many moving components in it. There, You know, there's people on social media, you know. There's your own, like, insecurities. Like, we, we're all our own worst critics, you know. It's how you think this other person is going to – there's so much to it. Like, I get mm-hmm. – and being on the road away from a lot of sacrifice, I can I can imagine a lot of or it. Sometimes but, you come back, you're like, you have a match, and you're like, whoa, that was so good. Yeah. It was great. And then you watch it back, and you go, oh. You're like, never. yeah. Yep. maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was yeah but I know that a lot of people are rooting for you heading into this you said that you're the underdog but you do have a lot of people rooting for you including myself but you know your schedule continues to grow like you said you have a European tour coming up in a couple months you keep yourself obviously pretty busy what is on the horizon right now for you personally and professionally coming up oh man I'm really looking forward to wrestling emmy sakura because we were supposed to wrestle a few weeks ago at the box pro however due to flight cancellations everything delays it was totally out of everyone's control Mm -hmm. so i'm really looking forward to having that match because she is the deadlock women's champion she's so talented her resume her experience i i'm desperately looking forward to that match Yeah. And, you know, while we're kind of looking at the future, uh, we talked about Australia as one. I know you're wanting to go back to Japan. What are some of other uh, of your personal or professional goals for the next year or so? I was 
like it's so funny because I was talking to my husband about it a couple weeks ago and I was like every year I write down my goals for wrestling yeah. and it's like on this running notes app so I can literally go back to like 2016 and look yeah. at what my goals were back then and my goals back then were like I just want to get booked yeah. <laughs> you don't have that problem I can tell you that right now <laughs> and then so I was like I try to reflect and make my new goals and this year I was like I've done a lot of what I've wanted to do really for me is I want to wrestle for new Japan. That's probably my biggest goal. Uh, Mercedes Monet is super hot fire. And she's someone that I think for a lot of women in this business, like we look up to you like yeah. that Bailey and Sasha match was really like, like a huge match just for women's wrestling. And it yeah. really gave a lot of, independent women's wrestlers something to like aspire to like that level yeah and what I think what she's doing is incredible and to wrestle in new Japan and do this stardom how she's doing both girl you are living my dream <laughs> they did oh they are introducing a new Japan strong women's championship oh, which seems like it's going to be an international title we got representation from the states from Mexico, from Japan. So I'm just saying, like, at I'm New Japan. In that hat. <laughs> exactly. Let me talk to you saying. real quick. <laughs> it, it seems like it's going to be an, kind of an international title. You know, they have their little territories in the States. Maybe that'll be the States one. The, the details of it are still kind of a little unclear. But it seems like it's going to be kind of an international thing going on. So, I mean. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely great because new japan was always something that i have always been interested in like yeah. it's like when i'm like oh let me put on some wrestling it was always like oh like what's going on in new japan yeah right and i never really thought that would even be possible for me to even wrestle on there because they didn't have women on there yeah. like stardom was its own thing yeah now they're kind of integrating it and i think that's so cool and now it's like oh crap that is a possibility like let's go for it yeah and they're they're slowly but surely building their women's division obviously mercedes was a big part of the early stages of that so was Kyrie. but i wanted to talk uh, i wanted to close out today by taking a little glance back at the past because i don't believe i've discussed this with you before but i know you previously attended the university of houston I did. What, did what did you study there? I studied psychology. I got I, my bachelor's in psych. Did you finish? Because I know I you started wrestling kind of during the latter half of that. I did. So yeah, fun fact. I'm about to sound like a real big nerd. So bear with me. Okay. Um, yeah, I went to University of Houston. I majored and I got my degree in psychology. I really was wanting to get my PhD in psychology like that's what I wanted to do yeah. so I tried to I did I got published in a medical journal where I like discussed like the effects of like tobacco and like mm. worry and all that stuff and I started wrestling and I was like do I want to wrestle or do I want to like pursue this and I was like I have the rest of my life to get a PhD mm. so I'm gonna go with wrestling and yep. that's kind of how it started now, do you have your bachelor's and your master's or just your bachelor's right now? Just my bachelor's, yeah. Okay. Do you know what's funny is I graduated with a bachelor's in psych too and was set to go onto a path enrolled in grad school and all this for like counseling, whatever. 
but then you know wrestling kind of happened <laughs> yeah, just, and, you know, on the media side so it's funny <laughs> it's it's funny because like whenever I was at U of H I had this like mentor and yeah. uh it was like my last semester there and she was like looking at all of us and she was like how many of you guys are majoring in psych so a bunch of us raised our hands yeah and she was like most of you guys will not have a job in psych I'm just yeah, letting you know crazy. like she's like this doesn't happen <laughs> and, I, and I was like I'm gonna get my PhD and yeah I did it <laughs> yeah no like it started out that way like I had always been interested in it obviously you seem to be interested in it too but you know sometimes life just happens so yeah. like <laughs> here we are in kind of wrestling now integrated in that I feel like you can use it though like even like what I'm doing like talking to you like getting to know people's backstory you know there's in-ring psychology the storytelling aspect of it to the characters that you can kind of mold it kind of like it encapsulates some of that in a way I think yeah. And honestly, mad, mad respect to every wrestler out there that has a graduate degree. Oh, yeah. Because I know that is super hard. And, and expensive. Respect, <laughs> and expensive. So I respect the hell out of it. Yeah. Like, Britt Baker, girl, that's insane. For mad yeah. respect for that. Oh. And oh. I saw, like, Nikki Cross, like, she today, just, yeah, yeah, turned in her dissertation. And I was for like, history, yeah. Respect. Yeah. She might go on to a PhD. I, I don't know. But yeah, she has her master's. Obviously, you know, Britt Baker still works as a dentist, like during the week, every week, which is crazy to think. Um, But, you know, here we are. But I'm curious. I, I feel like everybody's journey, it seems like you were kind of before you flipped the switch to wrestling. What really gravitated you to or drew your interest to psychology? Um, so it's actually kind of a sad story. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of but mine I'm, too. <laughs> but it, I'm happy to share because yeah. it, it is important to me. Yeah. Um, but whenever I was in high school, I had a friend, um, his name, um, was, uh, Devin Sykes and, um, his senior year of high school, he had lost his battle with mental health and, um, that was the first time I'd ever encountered something like that. And it really made me reflect a lot as like a teenager and drew me into psychology. I really felt like teenagers really didn't have someone to like talk to or like in a way that understood them. So I really wanted to be a therapist for um, like troubled teens. That's really what I like, what my focus wanted like to be. Um, but then wrestling said no. <laughs> but that's how it how how it started. I get that. I get that. Kind of kind of same. You know, now that you know you have this, we both have this background. I feel like you know we may not use it on the daily, but I still like it. It still lingers with us, and we obviously have that empathy in there. And you kind of said uh, social media, you know, can be a huge hindrance or, you know, or it can be, it can be positive sometimes too, but how do you keep your mental health in check if you're having like an off day or something like that? Um, the gym, honestly, like, um, I know when you're kind of like down on the dumps, like going and doing something active is not the easiest thing, no. but it really helps me a lot and getting some sunshine, even if it's not like, um, like just going for a walk like that, that does wonders for my mental health specifically. And I try to get in like maybe 45 minutes of like just a walk around my apartment complex, get some vitamin D um, and just appreciate and kind of reflect, not even be on my phone, just kind of just walk. 
And I find that to be very helpful for me personally. And if you're feeling down on the dumps, give it a try. Yeah. I feel like music, especially to whether it's walking, I don't know. Is music a part of your like gym routine, like listening to it or even while you're taking a walk? I know that can be uplifting for a lot of people too. Yes. I love Spanish music um, because like, it's so funny because like the words can be super sad. Like people are talking about like breakups and yeah. you know, all these things, but like the, it's so upbeat that if you're listening to it and you don't understand that you would think like they are talking about something happy. Yeah. But it's like this thing, like crazy hard fake, but with this like crazy beat. Mm -hmm. So it makes you want to like move. And it's something that like gives me a bit of nostalgia because that's the music I grew up listening to because my mom speaks Spanish. It's like her, it's mm -hmm. a lot of her favorite songs that I listen to. And so that always uplifts my mood. Last question Who are some of your go to or all time artists or songs in the music? Um, easy, easy. Uh, Mark Anthony, he's my favorite artist. Uh, My Chemical Romance, because I was a full-blown emo kid in uh, middle and high oh, school. Oh, I wish I could have seen emo high on. I will actually, <laughs> I will send, I will post it on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I will post it on Twitter right after and I'll tag you in it. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you wanted to see emo yes. high on. <laughs> oh, I'm and, looking forward um, to that. I love me some Billy Joel. Classic master of music billy joel i feel like that's a good mix of stuff you know what's funny i well i have i would say i think i have a pretty versatile music sense too but it's good to like you know you have different moods like sometimes you want something like more soulful sometimes you want something more upbeat even if the lyrics are sad um and then sometimes maybe you just want to be emo and like think of your nostalgia days you know yeah i remember i was in california and i was in the car with delilah doom and I, I just her. put like my, I love her too. And I put her, I put like my um, iTunes on like shelf or whatever. And it went from like Pocahontas, okay. like Colors of the Wind to like Drake to like Mark Anthony. And she was like, I love this playlist. She was like, this is all over the place. Yeah. So I'm really digging it right now. <laughs> Sometimes shuffle, you know, sometimes it works. I don't feel like I don't use shuffle a lot. I'm so like concentrated in one thing, but I feel like shuffle, you know, gives you a variety of things. So I'm going to have to do that more because I'm more like concentrated into like when I'm feeling okay. I have a specific, I will literally make specific playlists for specific emotions or like specific genres, but I feel like shaking it up can kind of be yeah, I don't, I'm not a playlist person. Like the oh, only playlist interesting. I have, I have like a span, like all Spanish songs. Yeah. That's the only playlist I have. Oh Otherwise, it's Steven thinks I'm literally psychotic for this. I'm just like shuffle, whatever happens. You just have your liked songs all in all together. I have oh, like four hundred something songs. And I'm just like shuffle. What's yeah. what is it? <laughs> Let's see what's gonna happen. It, it can be a little time consuming, like making playlists. So I get that. But if you do, if it works for you, and you've yeah. obviously, uh, obviously, some people have been a fan of it. So you keep doing you. Uh, I feel like we all have different music tastes. Um, but I'm excited. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with me, Hyan. Of course, we have Queen of the Indies coming up this weekend. You will be taking on Masha Slamovich in the first round of the tournament. Who knows? You, we hope you make it all the way to the finals and win so you can get another crown. But in the meantime, let the people know where they can find you on all your social medias. Yes. So my Instagram account is the uh, Hyan, T-H-E-H-Y-A-N. And Twitter is the same, just with the underscore at the beginning, so underscore.
Hayan, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. And of course, we look forward to seeing you this weekend at West Coast Pros, Queen of the Indies. I am so excited. Thank you.